Hey guys, welcome back to But Why Though, the podcast where we talk about the things in pop culture that matter and ask the question, but why though? Today's episode is a super special start to a series that we're calling Missions That Matter. And this is going to be talking about all the work that um, fandom communities are doing in various charity spaces. Um, today we're going to be talking about uh, stackup.org, which is a, a military gaming charity that focuses on helping veterans both in and out of uniform. Um, they do everything from sending luxury supply crates, as you'll hear in the interview from uh, our, the founder and CEO, Stephen Machuga, um, to fostering communities that help deal with uh, the mental health issues that can happen after deployment. Uh, as always, I'm your host, Kate, and I'm here with Adrian. Hey, how's it going? And Matt. How you doing? Uh, yeah, so I'm really excited to start this series. Uh, for those of you who've listened to us before, uh, we will now be doing a special charity episode once a month to kind of tap into why these things really matter. Yeah, and I guess to start off here, I kind of wanted to ask both of you, uh, why do you guys want to do this, or why sh- why are we doing this, I guess? I guess from your perspective. Uh, AJ, do you want to go first? Um, I just think because we have a platform to do it. You know, our podcast is all about why things matter, and what can matter more, you know, in the world than charities and people doing good things for other people. Uh, the first one that we're doing is Stack Up, and it's really... One of the first ones, it's really one of a kind, and one of the first ones where I was like, wow, I mean, this is something that I can do myself, uh, which we'll talk about you know, later on, on how people, even non-veterans, can get involved in something like this. And just being able to do something that matters is you know, always good. American dream and all that good stuff. <laughs> yeah, I completely agree, Adrian. That's one of the reasons why I think we've always highlighted charities when we do our recap episodes of cons. Um, because they're actually doing things and they're, they're mattering is, I mean, they, they make stuff matter by actually helping people, um, which is really great to see. Um, and I also think that mainly I, I actually, yeah, stack up was the first one I think I actually got introduced to. And I was like, wow, games. Yeah. It was <laughs> at uh pack South, I believe. Yeah, no, it was before that, because we actually met them at the the little South Bys. Yeah, we met them at South By and TwitchCon and other events previous years, but I think the first time we actually were totally introduced, I guess, Steven and possibly more found out about them was at PacSouth. Yeah, that's right. We did get to talk a little bit with Steve on our PacSouth recap episode. Um, What about you, Matt? Why do you think this stuff matters? Uh, I mean, kind of, I guess, to... I guess say the same thing you guys would concur <laughs> with. Uh, I mean, they do a lot of great work for communities. Uh, I'm, I really enjoy a lot of what they do, especially like, I guess, stack up as far as like, it's, uh, <clears throat> we're going to go into it, I guess, talking about their, their military and they do gaming, which kind of applies to a lot of my life. Uh, some of the other ones are great just because, I mean, you go to these conventions and you see them where we've introduced to a lot of them and, like I like enjoy this stuff. They're doing their part to not only be there and what people enjoy, but also helping people in a greater scheme. Yeah, I think overall this kind of is the message behind this this little series that we're doing is that the stuff we love can be used to do good in the world. And I think right now with world events and 
life the way it is, I think it, it it's great to remember that the power you find in your fandom, you can use to help others. And there's always an outlet to do that. Um, so just a little bit of a background of what you're about to hear. Um, we have pre-recorded an interview with Steve Machuga, and we will be um, kind of taking Neil deGrasse Tyson's way of star talking this episode. So <laughs> what we'll do is we'll play clips of the episode and then we will uh, respond to it or clips of the interview. My apologies. Um and then we will respond to it. Um, we did this so that we can make sure that uh, Steve could get out everything he wanted to say and we could really put, you know, put the charity on a platform that we have. Um, we really appreciate you guys listening um, and we appreciate your love of, of games and comics and Star Wars and we want to show you outlets that y'all can use to do things. So, yeah. Yeah. Y'all want to jump into it? Yeah, yeah I'm ready. Um, today we have a special guest, Steve Machuga, uh, founder and CEO of the military charity StackUp.org, um, and they aim to help veterans both in and out of uniform with the positive aspects of gaming culture. Um, thank you for being on the show, Steve. Glad to be a part. Thanks for having me, Kay. Um, so first and foremost, um, I want to know um, why you founded StackUp. Um, what really drove that? Uh, as a veteran, there's, there's a couple different stories here. As a veteran, gaming gaming has always been the through, through line of my life. No matter what I was doing, whether I was high school, college, going into the military, coming out of the military as a government contractor, whatever I was doing, it would always be a race to get home so I could go play video games. No matter what I was doing, however old I was, it was always like, all right, I'm taking the suit and tie off from work, and now I'm, you know, it's literally that that cyanide and happiness gif of the guy. <laughs> I don't know if you this. It's a, it's a deep cut, but there's a cyanide uh, happiness gif of him literally taking off his clothes, wearing his underwear, jumping into a chair and sliding across the room <laughs> to get to his, you know, computer. And it's like that was very much my life for a long time. It was like, just. And gaming has always been the through line of my life, whether no matter what I was doing. So when I was deployed overseas, um, one of the things we would get, you know, civilians back home were, you know, way, way interested in helping out veterans deployed overseas. It was very much like, a, hey, we're doing our part kind of thing. The okay. problem there in lies uh, not everybody really is as motivated to support as possible. And a lot of the times you get things like, uh, it, you know, donations to the troops or donation to any, anyone, any charitable organizations turns into like this fifth grade canned food drive mentality oh. where everybody runs their house. They, you know, they, they sift through their, you know, canned goods. They find a dented can of yams and they bring it in and they're like, I'm helping. And you're like, mm, all right, now we have 26 <laughs> dented cans of yams. We've really done anything. And no, no, you really haven't. Like, yeah, sure. We're going to be good for a little bit, but there are things that guys overseas want and need more than uh, than whatever, you can, whatever, whatever <laughs> garbage you can find in your attic or trash that you're like trying to get rid of and get a tax write off. And that was a huge piece of it. Just being able to like, Hey, I I've been over there. I know it's like going to prison for the most part where you're stuck somewhere. You don't want to be for a full year. You're away from your friends, your family, your community, uh, you can't do anything. You, you're just stuck and there's nothing but time in front of you, no matter what you're doing. Uh, some people have it worse than others. And it's just literally that was gaming was the thing that 
helped get me through my time overseas. So StackUp started as little more than a luxury care package service to support veterans. Uh, you know, I was mm-hmm. like, hey, what do, what do you guys really want? And then over time, as the organization grew, uh, it started to be more about the medical benefits and medical support that gaming and, uh, you know, community around gaming provides veterans. And, you know, uh, the, the, the offshoot, like, this was not the original intent of the organization. Like, we were just trying yeah. to help and get guys what they wanted, you know, like, Hey, I want the new call of duty. All right, well, that's, let's, let's get that. Let's actually get with them what they want. Um, what, what a novel concept. And then over <laughs> time it turned into, well, Hey, let's, let's have a gaming guild and we can all get together and tell war stories to one another. And suddenly you have guys who are really having problems in their lives and they're doing destiny raids or, things like that, but they're talking to one another and folks that wouldn't spend, wouldn't go to a psychiatrist or, you know, don't open up to anyone. They'll sit there and sit, you know, while they're running a Crota raid in destiny or world of Warcraft or any of that stuff, they'll just sit there and talk about their problems and, you know, all the anxieties and issues that are associated with it. And that's a, you know, it, it suddenly started to make us look inward and go, well, wait a minute, there's definitely a lot more here than just getting guys video games. What what are we trying to you know? And so we've we've kind of adjusted fire, and now we're almost more of a uh, a medical support agency where it's like wow. we're able to provide support to veterans who are you know desperately in need of something to take their mind off where they're at. So now we're we're sending gear to uh, uh, veteran uh, drug and alcohol rehab centers and uh, veteran homeless veteran. Um, relocation programs and anywhere where there are veterans with little to nothing to do. And this is a good way to keep them occupied and online talking to one another and not alone because veterans, when they have it, when they are injured, both, you know, physically and mentally, they have a tendency to withdraw and Mm -hmm. not interact with other people. And that's where you get this staggering, uh, suicide numbers from, uh, and the objective is to be able to keep guys in a community and keep guys talking with one another, uh, make them feel like they're a part of a family. And that's a, that's a huge piece of what it is we do now. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's, that's a really powerful opener. Um, and I kind of want to throw it to you guys. Um, mostly because you guys come from, I mean, I have a military family tangentially. So like my grandpa was in world war two and my uncle served in Vietnam, but like my dad wasn't in the military and, I don't have a sibling in the military, and I know both of you, uh, you two, come from really strong military backgrounds. Uh, Matt? Uh, yeah. <clears throat> so, as she said, I come from a strong military background. My mother's in the Air Force. Her current husband's in the... Or the and retired. your deployed right now, right? Well, she does something different. She's not <laughs> deployed. She's <laughs> oh, deployed yeah, now, right. but it's something different. She also <laughs> was deployed plenty of times. Both my brothers, all of my brothers have been in the military branches. Uh, one in the Navy, two in the Army, and whatnot. So they they kind of talked to me about this before, about like what he said, where they just, there's a lot of times where there's just not a lot to do. I mean, they do their work, they're out there for, all, you know, months on end, and it's kind of like, what do we do in our downtime? And they're just kind of having games and something to do and people sending them more than just, as he put out, a can of yams <laughs> means a lot to them in the grand scheme. What about you, Adrian? Uh, yeah, I have huge, huge military 
family on both sides, my mom's side and my dad's side. Um, they they joke constantly that my cousins and I are the only generation um, like ends like a long line of military <laughs> family since like World War One. Uh, oh, wow! Because we all decided to go to college instead. But uh, yeah, I have you know family all over the military. So and I live in El Paso, which for our listeners is one of you know a huge, huge military town with Fort Bliss being, you know, right in our backyard. So I've been surrounded by military almost my entire life. And when we saw Stack Up uh, at South by Southwest Gaming the first time, I was like, oh, this is this is cool. Like, this is something to do. And then when we got to talk with Steve at PAX South earlier this year, it really got me wanting to do more for it uh, and, you know, led to me trying to start up the stack here, which we'll, he'll talk about stacks during the interview, but starting the, our own stack here in El Paso to do the same thing that Steve's talking about, but right here in El Paso with our, you know, our rich military background and all of the family that I have here that are military. So, uh, 110% and 10% behind, you know, everything he said in his opening. Yeah. I think, I think one of the things that I thought was really, important so um i don't know if i mentioned on the on the cast before but i actually do a non-profit work um so ally training and um for those of you who don't know to be an ally means to uh you know pretty much stand side by side with um somebody of a marginalized group or a group that um needs help having their voice heard um you can be a veteran ally and one of those the first thing we teach in our ally training is to you can't just assume that what you're doing is helping. You actually have to listen to these people and you have to not only give them what they need, what, what they want, but you also have to let them talk for themselves. And I think that this is like hearing that Steve himself was a vet. Steve understands where this is coming from. And from what I've, um, from what it sounds like in, in the rest of the interview, gaming being the through line of his life, has also helped him really understand both sides of the coin and how they're really, I mean, I guess not both sides of the coin, but the fact that it's like, if this was a Venn diagram, the military and gaming are both in the middle. <laughs> um, and I thought that was really powerful. And I, I think because uh, StackUp is a nonprofit um, in the nonprofit space. And I think now with a, a lot of people wanting to help out, it's just kind of like, well, I'll just do this, or I see everybody else doing this one thing. I'll, I'll jump on that and I'll do it. Um, and I think what he really touches on is you have to do more than that. You have to listen. And listening, actively listening is like the first step, uh, step to helping people. Um, and I guess the second thing is I actually have a published article uh, in a journal um, talking about the importance of uh, video games, particularly Second Life, on helping uh uh, disabled communities, act, uh, people within disabled communities live able-bodied lives uh, through video games in a way that they wouldn't be able to otherwise. Um, so uh, when we when I when we got introduced to him at uh, to Steve at Pack South and listening to him talk about it, I had never made the jump to be like, oh well, these are actually. I mean, an ideal thing I did myself. It's not. It's not to any point which these veterans deal with um, with the struggles that they have and the fact that. Steve recognized that and the group recognizes that and are actually moving outside of just, oh, there's this one other veteran charity that we can help, but he's actually reaching out to um, alcohol and drug rehab facilities, homeless facilities, 
for vets. Like he's trying to help vets. How about we just let him tell us? Yeah. Well, he did tell us. And <laughs> yeah, I but I mean, let's have him tell more. Okay. My next question, which was, what separates you from the other military charities that are out there? And it's sounding like a lot of military charities that are that are out there tend to focus on the active duty and maybe not so much the vets. Um, well, there aren't. Uh, there's a reason why a lot of these. <laughs> there aren't any other really other organizations in the game space. I mean, that was part okay. of the, why I started it in the first place, which was I used to work with the individual who created Extra Life. His name's Doc. Yeah. And uh, uh, back in 2009, I worked on his website, Sarcastic Gamer. And <laughs> while that was starting to take off, I was like, I just didn't, I appreciated what they were doing as an organization. Like they were, they were making a difference, but not having any children or sick children or anybody in my family who had kids that were sick. I really didn't have that drive or desire like that. This is a burning passion or mission of mine. And when I went off on my own and decided to start my own thing, it was like, well, what, what draws me? And it all came together because, you know, I don't know if I told you about the, the care package that really brought it on home for me that we got while I was in Iraq. But oh, I was what was of, it? I was part of an infantry company in Iraq. And uh, we got a crate full of third-hand Harlequin romance novels sent to, <laughs> sent to us from the library. Uh, that was trying to downsize its inventory. And it was very much like, uh, that was very much the, okay, these people, you got to be kidding me with this. Uh, <laughs> you know, and, and there's a bunch of dudes in this, you know, first off, not a lot of readers in my group. And secondly, <laughs> uh, it, was, it was a bunch of dudes. So it was like, all right, well, yeah, all right. There's not really a lot of use out of these. So we ended up using them as uh, target practice on the conference. <laughs> <laughs> so when we would get you know weird weapons and we wanted to fire some rounds through them it gave us something to shoot at but outside of that it was very much like that was like the thing where i was like okay this is really ridiculous like don't just send us your trash <laughs> like this is not of use or, or you get the everybody thinking it's you know you're in vietnam and they're sending baby wipes and foot powder by the, <laughs> by the truck load you have just closets and closets and foot lockers and full of the stuff. And it's like, all right, guys, you, I don't know who told you we needed this one. <laughs> yeah. you know, let's, let's go ahead and, you know, just having the insight of being able to know that situation and know everything that was sent to us and just go, okay, all right, you know, everything they're trying to do, don't do that. <laughs> what, what the guys actually want. And then it was like, oh, hey, turns out, all those kids that are being raised on iPads with Minecraft on it, they're wearing uniforms now. You know, they're yeah. they're in the service. And the number of people I talk to my age who are like, well, I don't get gaming, but oh my God, my son or my daughter. <laughs> it's all they do. It's like, yeah, I know. That's those are gonna be our next congressmen and senators and captains of industry and you know, leaders out there. Those are the those are the people they are all being raised on technology. So we are we just happen to be a little ahead of the curve. When it yeah. comes to all this stuff, because you know, it, it's no long gaming, as you're well aware. You know, <laughs> you know, with the posters behind you on the wall, podcasts. Yeah. Well, you can't see, but she has these vintage comic book posters on the wall. Um, we're we're kind of taking over the map. I mean, you know, Marvel movies are now you know Deadpool yeah. first. What a billion dollars and it's, it's, yeah. We're winning. We're winning this war as far as the nerds uh, versus the jocks. We kind of <laughs> took over. Yeah. And, now, and now it's kind of like, all right, well, let's 
let's continue to support even guys who don't play video games overseas find themselves like well i've got nothing but time over here i guess i'll figure out video gaming and next thing you know it's like oh this turned out to be pretty fun yeah. so you know that we, we we pick up more recruits while they're deployed overseas as well what did you guys think uh it <clears throat> i enjoyed that part a lot just because well for one he mentions like the new people bringing up. Well, as I said, my brothers are in, are all in the military, and you know they're a lot different than my parents when they were in the military. They play games. They go overseas. They play a lot of games. And it's funny because I tried to call actually one of them when I knew we were going to do this episode to you know try to get his inside opinion on this because I knew it before, and he apparently actually already deployed, so I wasn't able to talk to him. But I was able to talk to his wife. And she told me, yeah, and without me even mentioning to her, the first thing she said was, he's gone on a boat, but yeah, but it's not going to be this bad this time. He went out and bought a, D a Nintendo DS, and so did his shipmates, so they could actually keep uh, play together and play something while they're underseas. And since I guess the DS connects linkage-wise and not so much needing Wi-Fi, which you don't get underneath the water, obviously, as well, that's what they did. They went out and bought games to play on a submarine. <laughs> And that was just kind of blew my mind listening to her say that. And obviously, knowing the interview, without me even having to, you know, bring this entire thing up, she just mentioned that. And I know them play a lot of games. I just That's what I enjoy about listening to the personal connection of the nerds winning the war. <laughs> <laughs> what do you feel about that, Adrian? Uh, I think it's entirely, you know, accurate. Uh, Matt's other brother. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that dude was actually stationed in Fort Bliss and that dude played more video games than anyone I've probably ever met in my life <laughs> other than like Matt and uh, he was in the military so like there's obviously a market for this for this stuff I know when I was playing World of Warcraft again you know for like the 15th million time a couple years ago somebody on my friends list messaged me and I was like oh man like hey how's it going he's like oh you know I'm just over here in Kuwait playing World of Warcraft and I was like oh okay Depending on the year, they might have been with my brother. Because my, my yeah. brother went out of town, it's all he would play MMOs. That's what you're talking about. Yeah. So, and even you know, some it's... of those friends that we happen to play with today, like that we met, that he met through his, uh, when they were deployed. Every MMO you can imagine. Because yeah. they just, they suck time. I will never forget. Um, I worked at the GameStop right next to Fort Sam Houston in San Antonio, and we'd get military guys in all the time. And there were these two really good friends who were about to go on deployment. They came and they each bought a PlayStation, and they each bought like ten games each, and they each bought it. They bought like three controllers, like enough to fill up all the ports. And we were like, "Wow, you're spending a lot today." He's like, "Yeah, we all chipped in to do this, and it was everybody that was going to be deploying chipped in so that they could yep. buy all this stuff for them to use." Um, and they actually chose this uh, the PlayStation because the PlayStation wasn't region specific, so they could take it with them everywhere. <laughs> Um, and they could, you know, they, they weren't restrained by anything. And I, I think that was my first moment when I was like, dang, military guys and, and, and girls and women, like military people game a whole bunch, a whole bunch. So I thought that was, I think that was my, my first question. And, and actually my, my cousin who was in the Marines, he, oh my God, I think he, he's always online. And I think that's actually his way he keeps he keeps in touch with his old, um, uh, I guess, uh, platoon. Is that what it's called? Uh, I apologize if I'm not using the right 
language. I think it just depends on what branch you're in, yeah, honestly. Yeah, he was a Marine, <laughs> so... I guess platoon would be... Platoon. Adrian, you got a better <laughs> from the Marines? <laughs> uh, I don't pretend to, to know the lingo. Yeah, I, I mean, I know some, but nobody knows goes Marine. They, they try to do... Yeah. <laughs> well, I have an entire family that's nothing but Marines. Or yeah, if I say family. anything, I'm not going to get yelled at at the next family gathering, so... That's also, <laughs> that's also very true. <laughs> gotta, gotta be careful what we say there. They, they take that stuff very seriously. <laughs> So I think... Uh, you can go to the next part? Yeah, I think you talk about... Because we talked about... You talked about how they picked up giant supplies to go thing. Talk about what he actually does. In yeah, sense. Uh, definitely. I, going off of that, um, talking about cementing your place, um, what type of programs do you run specifically? I know you, uh, you've you mentioned um, the supply drops, the uh, the the care packages. Right. Um, the, what else do you do? Yeah. Supply crates are our big boxes full of everything a unit overseas or back home needs to get gaming. Usually it's a, it's a console. It's a head, a couple headsets, a couple controllers, uh, a whole bunch of games, and then whatever swag that developers want to send our way, we'll pop it into a box uh, and send it out. And those are, those are generally the, the sexiest of the pictures we get back of guys standing outside in front of a HESCO barrier with all their gear on holding up copies of video games. And that's some cool stuff. So that's, that's, that's where we started, and then as we grew as an organization, our programs continued to grow. We have our air assault program, which is where we fly disabled or deserving and or deserving veterans to gaming events. Like, we just came back last week from probably where I'm sick. Uh, <laughs> just got back from the Destiny 2 reveal event because the Bungie folks so we had a bunch of guys out there for that because they invited us out and we made sure we were able to bring some huge veterans who are also just ginormous Destiny fans. And like we're going to be doing a tour of Blizzard Studios for E3 and I mean all kinds of crazy wow. VIP experiences for these veterans who may play games but you know have never left their hometown or play games but have never, you know, don't go anywhere. We try to find veterans who these are unique experiences to, you know, kind of change their, not only their lives, like have a VIP experience, but to let them know that they're not alone out there, let them know that yeah. they are a part of a larger and ever growing community of veterans that are, you know, uh, and both veterans and civilians who are gamers. It's no longer this weird thing that, you know, you know, your forty-year-old kid living in your basement eating Cheetos and you know <laughs> video games all day. Like you don't have to hide your video games you now. <laughs> got you know commercials for the next Assassin's Creed playing during the uh, Super Bowl and things like yeah. that. Like, it's just there's no escaping it now. So you know we're getting them at all ages, and it's just we're just all over the place. So responses. <laughs> I wish I got some care packages like that for some <laughs> Go serve our country, and then we'll get you Yeah, some. this is true. I guess the uh, school care package where they send you, like, a granola bar and say, good luck on your finals. Here's a pen. It might, may or may not work. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think that definitely not only just, I mean, besides sending supply crates, which is great, but just the fact that they go and find people and bring them to developers and bring them to, like, events and everything. Like you said, people that just don't get to go out a lot because sometimes – when you're in the military and stuff, you could be deployed or called, I guess, to action at any time and have to leave in a minute's notice. And so you can't always just plan your trips all the time. And so I guess the fact that they're able to, like, take them and give them that experience that maybe they just can't plan out themselves. 
Uh, I think it's great. Yeah, I'm jelly. Super jelly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think, I mean, that's way better than a dented can of yams. Obviously. I think pretty much anything would be better than even a non-dented can of yeah. yams. And I'm actually, like, I, I keep, uh, like, when he keeps talking about this stuff and what they do for them and what they want, like, I, I keep thinking about all the, like, drives we did in, like, elementary school and middle school, and I'm just like, man, there was a... I mean, canned food drives, obviously, for, like, the homeless shelters and stuff at Thanksgiving, but I remember, like, sending cards, and which I guess are okay, but I also remember, like, everybody bringing a book from home to send overseas, and I feel like we may have given them a Harlequin romance novel. Not <laughs> come on, Kate. How come, yeah. <laughs> how come eight-year-old Kate wasn't sending Xbox Ones and stuff? Because <laughs> my parents were poor. <laughs> <laughs> I think the cards are good, though. I think writing yeah, cards I think is the very cards are good. Yeah, I think the cards are good. I think but... got anything, just not yams. Yes. Not yams. Or Harlequin novel yams. books. Or Har- Harlequin romance books. I-, I think I think the big thing to take away here is actually putting thought into what you're sending. So then that's why the cards are good, because you're... you're yes, it takes time. You're sitting down, you're thinking about what you want to say, you're thanking... You're thanking them in a genuine way versus let me take something that I'm not using and send it over. Um, which is very different. So here we've talked about the air assault program and the supply crates. Um, and next we're going to talk about something that is near and dear to Adrian's heart, uh, the stack program. Yes. And then our, our final, oh, geez, well, see, hey, I'm sick. Um, our <laughs> final, uh, our final platform on how we are supporting veterans is our, uh, the stacks program, which is, a uh, where we, uh, our local support elements, they get out and, uh, provide support to other veteran service organizations. They get out and interact with one another. They just kind of get out, do meetups. Like we're getting next month, uh, there's a bunch of us going out. We're doing, we've got about uh, 55 teams out there across the world now. We have wow. Australia, New Zealand, uh, uh, England, um, Canada, I'm trying to think where else, uh, Scotland. Uh, yeah, we've got teams, they're just getting out there and, doing random things in their community to support other veteran service organizations and having a good time while doing it. So Adrian, I really want to hear, um, I guess, a little bit more about this from your end, because um, you obviously, you, you, you did what a lot of people don't. You reached out and you tried to start something and you tried to do something. Like You didn't just talk about it, you tried to do it. Um, so I kind of want to hear your perspective on like why you wanted to start a Stacks program up in El Paso, really. I mean, yeah, it was one of those things where El Paso Comic Con was coming up and we were getting off, you know, just have met uh, meeting Steve at PAX South. I was like, man, I really would like to have uh, stack up in at uh, Comic Con or El Paso Comic Con. So I reached out and it turned out that the stack lead before before me got deployed, like right when he started. So there's really no stack up presence here. so he was like, well, you know, why don't you start one? And I was like, okay, uh, <laughs> I think I can do that. So, you know, and the if this is something that if you – so on their website, you can go on there. Like on the contact us part, you get to see where all of the stacks are at, you know, those 55 stacks that he was talking about. And if there's not one in your area, you could definitely start one yourself 
and they really give you all the, the tools to, to do it. I mean, they send you a whole bunch of shirts. They send you a whole bunch of pamphlets and things like that. They have like a whole manual on how to start your own stack in the area that you're at to kind of build that program. And like I said, I'm in El Paso. We have Fort Bliss, one of like the largest military bases in the country. We have a huge, huge military population here. Uh, there's already military, you know, there's a military gamer supply, which we talked about in our El Paso Comic-Con episode. So there's an avenue for it. Just no one had done it because, you know, it's hard for, you know, these vet- or for these active duty people to run a stack because, like Matt said earlier, like they're going to get deployed in a moment's notice. And that's just unfortunately what happened. So I think as a civilian myself who has, you know, a little bit more free time on my hand, I'm not going to go anywhere and already knowing where to go and how to do it with some of the organizations on in El Paso, I thought, you know, who, who, who better than me to, to get it going. So now that I have all my supplies and everything like that, and after this episode drops, I'm going to be doing it a lot harder this summer with school out and, you know, people looking for stuff to do. Lots of people will be playing video games and what does stack up do better than play video games. So uh, it's definitely accessible for, for any, everybody and anybody to get involved for sure. I think that's awesome because I think that's a big component a big component that gets left out when people think about nonprofits of, of any sort. And I think specifically military, um, like doing something from a distance is great because you're doing something. But on top of that, if you can actually get in there and engage with the community around them and make them feel like they have a home, like in what they love and what they do, going to meet up with them, running raids with them, like that's, that's real support. Like that is a support system. Um, and I think that these stacks, like, I really can't say much because I'm just kind of, I'm just taken aback. Uh, like, I'm taken with a lot of emotions <laughs> for them. Because, um, I mean, I've talked a lot on the shows about communities. And I think building communities to create inclusive spaces is really, really no, important. No, yeah. I mean, the community is great. They have their own Discord server. Uh, Stephanie Owens, who is their Stacks program director, Mm-hmm. She was the one who reached out to me and I was like, oh, you know, I'm a civilian and, you know, I'm the Stacks program director. So, you know, uh, just them being supportive of being like, yeah, you don't have to be in the military to to make a difference in this organization. So yes. the community itself is very, very, very strong. I feel like with a lot of these programs, especially this one, it literally just takes time and effort. Yeah. Yep. If you're willing to give time and put some effort into it, you can pretty much, they'll do everything else for you. Yeah. They'll help you in every way possible as well. Yeah. It's, it's kind of, it's kind of like this, this podcast. Like I already watch and play all the stuff we're talking about. So, you know, what effort is there on my part? The same thing for, you know, a lot of people who don't want to maybe not, maybe take a stack lead kind of position, but you already play video games. You know, why not do that in a, in a charity atmosphere uh, with veterans and, in support of veterans. Yeah. Very good. I think that uh, brings us into the next section. Yeah. Pretty well. <laughs> Very nice. Congratulations, Adrian. Doing a great yeah, job. Yeah, actually, there. yeah. Like, I am. <laughs> I, I try really hard. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think we, we need to, um, Asa needs to drop in a, a round of applause. Thank you, Adrian. Because giving your time to an organization like that, it's, it can be hard. And I think taking that extra step is, it's yeah, something yeah, everybody I mean, can do, but not a lot of people will follow through with. So I think like that that's I mean, really it's an, amazing. At the time of this recording, like it's in a tendency. It's like me, Stefani, my significant other, and like my family. So if you're listening and you're from El Paso and you want 
if this is something if you're you know this far in and this is something that you're interested in drop me a line and you know we'll we'll make this el paso stack you know the best it can be yeah i will go ahead and include uh adrian's uh contact info uh in the show notes so you can get in touch with him so we can start something up yay <laughs> I think that's. I think that transitions us great into um, the next question that we have is how do how do people get involved, Steve? Like, if you're like, does it is it only for military veterans or active duty? Can civilians be involved? What's the the best way for our listeners to um, go out there and help stack up? Absolutely, we got a we got a variety. You go to our website stackup.org stack hyphen up uh, you you head over there. You there's a variety of different ways that you can help out. You don't have to be a veteran. This is not we we're not excluding anyone. That kind of goes against what we're trying to do as an organization. <laughs> Everybody's everyone is welcome. Obviously, you need to support veterans. That's really the only uh, <laughs> that's really the only um, requirement. But uh, yeah, head over there. We've got uh, a variety of forms that you can fill out. Like do you want to. St- do you want to do Twitch streams? Do you want to, you know, do you want to do something local? Do you want to just play games with our guys? Do you want to hang out? Do you, are you interested in helping out grow the organization? Are you interested in doing artwork? There's a million different things that need doing as a, you know, an organization that runs on uh, volunteer support. So never, you know, there isn't a day that goes by when we have some streamer who has like double digit followers who's like you know i want to help but i'm too small it's like mm, yeah but you know it's it's not about the size of what it is you're doing it's the effort that you're putting into it and i'd rather have i'm definitely of the mindset like i'd rather have a dollar from a million people than a million dollars from one person yeah and uh we're we're seeing the the effects of that we just finished we're wrapping up our may call the arms event where we uh we're just we looks like by the time we're finished we should be at a quarter million dollars raised uh wow. throughout may uh that includes humble bundle so that's kind of cheating but we we were we were uh uh what the hell is it um <laughs> we're we were made one of their charities for their tiny build humble bundle this month so those uh humble bundles are huge uh donation platforms for us so Big thanks. Shout out to Humble Bundle and Tiny Build there for this one. <laughs> so if you didn't believe us what we said beforehand, you heard it from the man himself. <laughs> yes. <laughs> On how to get tough um, and do everything. And I think, and he talks a little bit about Twitch uh, a little uh, in the in this next segment, but I think this is something really great to start thinking of. Uh, you don't need to have a massive following to just do a charity stream. Um and get involved that way. If you're going to play 10 hours of video games on a Saturday, why not try to raise some money <laughs> while you do it? Um, and then another thing, uh, we buy games. Like uh, as people who play games, we buy games. And using a, a, a video game storefront like Humble, Bun- uh, Humble Bundle, and it's an app, you can download it, um, you can go to the website. What that does is a portion of the video game that you buy goes to a designated charity that month. Um, which is why you give them a shout out because it's a really great way. If you're going to buy something anyway, why not do it in a in on a platform that gives back? Um, I'm glad you explained that. I wasn't 100 percent sure on what Humble Bundle was. <laughs> <laughs> I'd heard it, but I'd not like. Really... They got a shout out. I had to explain well, it. Well, obviously. <laughs> um, so yeah, let's get into the thick of it here. Yep. 
that kind of leads to, I guess, our uh, next question is, uh, what exactly was the call of arms for 2017? We saw call arms. Uh, that's the uh, that's the name of our um, our big focal points throughout the course of the year um, for fundraising, which keeps the lights on for our organization. Believe it or not, it costs a lot of money to <laughs> stupid things that you don't think about when it's like, oh, it's eight thousand dollars for a, a state audit of your financial records it's like <laughs> okay that's not what i want i really don't want to spend that money on. <laughs> you know when when i thought about when i started doing all this in 2010 it was just like i'm just gonna help veterans and then when you get larger <laughs> oh now we have a lawyer on retainer and it's like okay now we have now we have workers comp what the f oh, that's <laughs> The amount of money that you have to spend on administrative nonsense is just absurd. So we did just get our report back from the IRS, our 990 paperwork, which give, gave us a 91% uh, as far as our dollar to mission ratio fiscal responsibility, wow. which is really good for, you know, yeah. so we, uh, we are quite happy with that. But uh, it, it involves uh, bringing in a lot of money and having to spend it in ways you don't want to spend it on. So <laughs> end up you know we do end up spending a lot of money on you know veterans and our mission so in order for us to keep doing awesome things and employ more people and open more offices and do crazy things like that it, it requires a regular you know reflect refreshing of the pool so to speak so we have to reach out to utilizing streamers and developers and twitch and beam and all these organizations which is the other i don't know what we would be doing without like if Twitch did not exist right now, which it did not exist the way it exists back in 2010 when I first started this, where if we had like I we raised twelve thousand dollars our first year and it was just like holy cow, look at all the money we brought in, and now it's like that's that's like a really that's like a pretty good weekend for us now, and it's like, it, it, but that that said, it also it also comes in and goes right out the door as quickly. And it's like, <laughs> Man, why, you know, hundred thousand dollars. All right, well that that'll last us like seven months. It's like, whoa. All right, why, okay. I guess we gotta figure out when we're doing the next thing. So, but uh, yeah, it's 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 uh, one of the things I did not expect when I started doing this stuff was the constant uh, fundraising. That you know, uh, we get to do our mission, and that's great. But the other, the nasty side of the conversation is, all right, well, it requires money to do this, and I feel like. Yeah. National Public Radio constantly just banging <laughs> on people's doors and be like, "Hey, if you want us to keep doing this, we we need money." And I, yeah. it's not what I expected when I when I first started doing this. But as it gets larger, it just turns into this constant chase for dollars, and it's it's kind of a bummer. Like that's not why I started doing charity work. But in order to actually make an impact that people can feel, you need to you need to bring in dollars. And yeah. so, Call to Arms is our our annual. It's our it's our year round fundraising engine over on Tiltify, where if somebody wants to do an event for 4th of July or Memorial Day weekend and they just want to like, ah, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to put together models of Huey aircraft or Huey <laughs> helicopters. Or we've had some crazy, we've had some crazy things happen. But, you know, that's where people go and they raise money for us. And we, you know, that's, that's a huge piece of what it is we do as an organization. So. That's awesome. And um, I will include um, all these links so that if you're listening out there and you, I'm urging you to get involved. I'm pretty sure we all are. Um, I'll, um, I'll get all the links from Steve and uh, put them in the show notes so that you can find out 
what way works best for you and get involved and help fundraise. Um, I guess this, another, uh, yeah, another big thing, making sure like, see that you, you just did it yourself where it's like, <laughs> and you can get out there and fundraise it's like, Oh, that's not what we want to, uh, cause it, it gets, it turns into such a large portion of what it is we do. Sometimes yeah. it's hard to remember, Hey, we got to get out there and support the veterans. Like it's yeah. like, not just about the fundraising. It's like, what are we raising the money for? Oh, that's right. So we can do more stuff with veterans. 91%. 91%? Yes. That's a high number. Yeah, I was like, why, why don't you tell the, the <laughs> listeners why that's such a high and such I mean, a good number? I mean, it's a good number because, I mean, basically if you look at it, I mean, 90% of the money they make, at least from my understanding of this, 91% of the money they make basically go towards basically their charity work. Whereas the nine percent is their overhead cost. Yeah, and and I think to put in perspective too, like if you if you put this like with other charities, and then I think one of the biggest I guess controversies with charity like was the like the Susan B. Coleman like everything's pink, but then they rarely actually use. Yeah, so they have basically the their expenses end up actually costing more than how much they donate. So then they end up paying, you know, you get like a random number. Just basically means if if you gave them a hundred dollars, ninety one of those dollars is going to go towards whatever you towards, towards the better programs. yeah towards the programs and nine dollars you're gonna keep the lights on yeah which i think is awesome and i think it, it reaffirms like <laughs> the fact well like it's awesome because i think now with with the transparent the transparency with nonprofits and stuff like everybody's looking at their financial stuff because you've had like a, a few bad apples are making people like really look hard at at other at other uh other other places it is fair because i mean yeah, it's no, been it one of the fair. biggest problems with nonprofits that like for yeah. being nonprofit, you sure have a lot of profits yeah no and <laughs> i i know that that's been a really big i mean um being a big critique with a lot of some of the cancer foundations or even als and everything um and i think the fact that one he was really open with the numbers and two like damn that's a good number <laughs> yeah and he's still like i hate doing this exactly like, so even yeah. So even though they're doing well at the fundraising part of it, he still doesn't like doing it because all he wants to do is help. <laughs> do yeah, he just wants to do his original mission of helping veterans and active duty military. Like that's that's all he cares about. That's why I kind of like when, as much as we ran it, was he corrects Kate and when yeah. she mentions fundraising, and he's like, wait, the whole point's not necessarily just fundraising. I know it's a horrible or not horrible, but a side of it. But the point of the matter is, we want you to yeah. be there for support. Yeah, so like if you fundraise, great. Also be there yeah. um, in other facets too, um, and that's what he's going to talk about in this next part. So, and I think too, I was going to ask. So, because I know you mentioned with programs too, like even if it's somebody who's not um, like fundraising, but you can. Uh, you, you mentioned just playing with um, playing games with the vets. Like, do you all have like certain like. Uh, um, I guess like maybe public raids, like where you can go and like set up to go get into a Destiny Two raid with a uh, with a vet. Right, absolutely. Now that's yeah, that's uh, that's part of our uh, stack up pro stack program. Uh, we have a our gaming guild inside the organization is called the Red Shirt Raiders because if you've ever seen us in <laughs> events, we're all wearing yeah. red. We stand out pretty dramatically in a crowd of people. Usually it doesn't. Well, you're also having people do push ups. So that, yes, that does not hurt either. So. <laughs> Again, unique in the game space. It's just like, what the hell's wrong with these people? <laughs> but um, yeah, our raiders uh, go out and they will, uh, you know, they we've our, our big three right now are Destiny, um, I'm trying to think, 
Player Unknown Battlegrounds, Overwatch is another big game. Uh, just um, I'm trying to think what else. There's a couple other Battlefield, you know, games where we've got small communities within, you know, that get together on a regular basis and interact and play with one another. And you know, usually like latest and greatest games come out, we'll do something with them. And but yeah, that's a great way to yeah. to get involved as well. Even just getting out and becoming a part of those organizations. Those guys, we uh, we reach out to developers and publishers and say, hey. We've got a bunch of veterans and supporters who want to, you know, like for instance, we have uh, Elder Scrolls Online coming out on the 6th with Bethesda. Yeah. Uh, we Our raiders have been invited to come out and play the game, and it's very much like, all right, uh, if you want an early access copy of the game and you all want to play together, we can all play the game early. And, you know, it, it, membership comes with its privileges where it's, you know, you're playing with, you're interacting with veterans, you're interacting with people in your community. It's a good, positive uh, place to hang out yeah. and uh, interact and, you know, stay social uh, where it gets pretty easy to kind of lop yourself off from society at times where yeah. game, so. Responses. Adrian, you like to take first on this one? I feel like I've been talking all the time here. <laughs> uh, go, go ahead, Matt. All right, well. <laughs> I'll roll with it then. I don't know. I feel like I just have a lot to say here. I just want to make sure. No, go for it, Ben. I really enjoy this episode. I really enjoy talking to him, or at least, I guess at this point, listening to him. Think. Even though I did kind of think it was a little funny, I thought he was going to pull Rick Perry and forget his top three big game for a second. <laughs> the big guilds. But um, moving on there, um, I like how they uh, play for support, and not only just getting the privileges, I guess, of getting early access, which is really crazy and awesome that developers do that i'm a little jelly about them getting to play morrowind for, <laughs> for all of us but still uh that the developers actually will come and actually interact and help them too to help make this possible not just the fact that stackup does it but they actually have the teamwork and the developers allow it as well um i guess playing with veterans i think is is great uh we don't i don't think he really touches on it he mentions it at the beginning but it is something that is growing, like, and I guess his organization uh, happens where it turned into a, a mental health type thing where you just sit there and talk and it relieves yeah. stress. And he talks, if you watch the full interview, about post 9 11 vets coming back all the time with PTSD. And it happens all the time. And just playing video games seems to relax them. They're starting to do studies with it. I mean, it's crazy what video games do for the brain for people that have seen have traumatic experiences or been like isolated, like he said, yeah. for long amounts of periods of time. Yeah, I think that's that's probably one of the largest things is if, if you've ever dealt with anxiety or depression or PTSD, um, it's so easy to wall yourself off. And then if you couple that with the fact that you're now being thrown into a life that you haven't lived for, you know, a year or two at a time. Sometimes people do multi, like way more than just two tours back to back. Mm -hmm. Like you, when you put that all together, it, it's really easy to shut down. And that's one of the reasons why I'm so blown away by the community aspect, because it's, it's, it's a way to get somebody to engage without them making, without making them leave their house. If they're, if they're, you know, if there are triggers in the outside world that trigger a PTSD response, you can, you can still have growth and health in, 
in something that you love and still get to talk to people about it through video games. See, I think that's one thing I did because I kind of did a little more research because I knew for a while, like like years ago, like four or five years ago, when the Wii came out, they were using it for a nursing home to try to rehabilitate yes. people. And I knew it moved into virtual reality. It was a big thing with uh, PTSD. And so I kind of did a little more research and I actually found out that uh, there's a lieutenant, a uh, retired, uh, I believe it's an army lieutenant, I believe. I'm not 100% sure. I'm sorry, Fred. By the name of Rob Git- Gibson, who did a podcast on the Veteran Resource Podcast on video gaming, which they actually mentioned, Steve, and what how they work together. And this guy literally just sits around, plays video games, and researches his brain to help. Yeah. To just not only help himself, but help other veterans like him in PTSD. But that was just something really interesting find I found when uh, researching some of this stuff. So, yeah. What about you, Adrian? Uh, I think y'all said it all, at least for that part. I mean, <laughs> it's hard because, like, Steve, what Steve says is pretty straightforward. Like, at least in, in that part, part specifically, like, they're doing great work. And I know we've said it over and over and over again, but, you know, their community aspect is through the roof and they really care about what they're doing. So I don't really know how much more I have to add for that section. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you can only give I, I think enough that, praise, I guess. Yeah, well, I think too. <laughs> you already get the point. <laughs> I think this really shows at the heart of it why video games matter. And I think yes. it also shows why people get so um, obsessed with franchises. We had a Lara Croft episode. We're going to have more video game episodes in the future. But the reason people get attached to these are, you know, a lot of the times not just because they're living another life in a video game, but because they're actually forming bonds with people. I think we've said it before. Shout out to Ace of Big Mountain, who edits this podcast. We met him playing Ark. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, technically, Adrian and Matt met him playing Ark first. Yeah. And I kind I'm of glad I didn't kill later. you on that beach that one day. Yeah, pretty much. We decided Because <laughs> we were getting nice ready people. to shoot you. Yep. <laughs> yes. And I mean the type of bonds that you can form. I mean, I, that I mean, I mental health is something that is really stigmatized, and I think in people who are supposed to be seen as heroes and strong, like it, like admitting that you need help in these aspects can be really hard. And you talked about it in the beginning, like guys who wouldn't talk to anybody, you you can talk to the guy you're running a raid with. You have or to. The other, yeah, you have to talk to the other person you're running a raid with. Or you fail. Yeah, well, but what I'm saying is, but you don't have to talk to him about the stuff you're going through. No, you but you have, have I mean, no matter what, you're not in isolation because we need you or we yeah. are going to fail. Yeah. Whether it's whatever you're talking about, it's one of those, we have to have you, we need to communicate or we're all going to fail together. Yeah. I'm just thinking about that, uh, that eight hour raid you all had with Asa. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Memories. That was fun, though. It that was. That was real fun. <laughs> Shout out Asa and our other British family. Yeah. Yes. And also, um, don't play Ark Survival unless you want to lose like months of your life. Also true. <laughs> very, very true. <laughs> very true. <laughs> it is uninstalled for my Xbox. <laughs> <laughs> don't blame you. All right, so let's get to the last part. I believe we talk about where they go next. Yep. What they're doing next. Um, I guess uh, just a final question. What's your next big event and where can people find you at? Um, what con are you going to next? How um, Stuff like next, that. Yeah, our next big one is E3. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, we'll, uh, we'll have a dozen guys out there um, flying folks out. We've got a couple locals that are coming in to support, but we'll have an Airbnb where all of us are together and we turn it into kind of this community 
event where everybody gets together and we get to interact with the, you know, we get to cut lines and get hands on <laughs> with games that, you know, it's it, E3 is turning into more of a public show versus a, you know, private industry thing. So oh, definitely might be a little interesting this year, but fortunately, again, we're able to tell our story to the developers and usually we can, you know, scoot right in. Like we're <laughs> working with Sony and Microsoft to get, you know, some blocks of time to get our guys over to their parts. But yeah, E3, awesome. uh, we're doing, we're doing that. And then we'll be doing a tour of uh, Bungie studios there in LA. So <laughs> while we're out there, so definitely be one of our more interesting, uh, uh, air assault programs. It'll be, should be pretty big. So, but uh, that's that's the next next one, and then right off of that, we're doing an event at um, uh, Wounded Warrior headquarters in Jacksonville, Florida, for the CEO of Wounded Warrior to kind of show oh, wow. them what it is we do and why why all the kids are raving about. <laughs> <Slack. laughs> Well, what are these video games? Yeah, he's a retired general, so his ass doesn't get it, but it's the idea. <laughs> <laughs> it is. That's what I'm just saying. He's a good dude, but it's very much like, uh, I don't got to understand you kids. Yeah, and um, I said I said that was the last question, but it was totally a lie because I, I, I want to know this just, um, I mean, as a podcast, like our main thing is why does it matter? I'm sure you get asked that question a lot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> charity itself. Yeah. <laughs> Well, again, we're reaching out. All these organizations are have like struggling to come up with a common language with these post 9-11 veterans. And gaming yeah. is one of those things that just cuts across just such a swath of of the population. I mean, it's it's rich, poor, young, old, like we are we are everywhere. And we're like and you could kind of see that with yeah. the um perfect example was last year's uh the Pokemon Go fascination that yes. kind of swept the country where just all these people just standing up like they've been activated like russian sleeper cells <laughs> running into the streets and it's like what that like front page of every national oh, newspaper yeah. like, and you saw them in 30 year olds and three year olds yep it was everywhere so the game wasn't even that good it was just like game. <laughs> so it was very much like so that's the kind of energy that we are drawing from from our organization and that's why all these veterans organizations are kind of looking at us like, what are they doing? Like they want to break into that kind of population because again, it's yeah. a shared language. Doesn't matter where you're coming from or who you are. You know, you know about Master Chief. You know about, uh, you know, my uh, words, Nathan Drake, <laughs> and you know the the big names within gaming. And it's just like you know about these things, and it's it's you don't have to know or like each other or come from the same socioeconomic background, but. You know, you can talk about again destiny raids or World of Warcraft yeah. raids or something like that. And that's the that's the thing that brings us all together across the board. So I really love that line. Which and one? it is something that I will probably steal when I uh, eventually go back into academia. The that video games are, are common language. Yeah. Um, because I know a lot of the time when when I was in the academy, like I would get asked, why does pop culture matter? And I can never really explain it as eloquently as he did. I was just like, well, people, if you say may the force be with you, chances are the 20 other people in the coffee shop, 15 of them are going to turn around and want to respond to you because they know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> or they see your shirt and you strike up a conversation while you're waiting in line. And that's because pop culture and video games 
is it, it's kind of what he talks about in the beginning. It's this through line through people's lives, and it's a common language. Like I could not agree with somebody on anything, and I could probably still talk about how much Hearthstone or Hearthstone will put me on tilt because of the random chance in that game. Um, RNG has become pretty much something. <laughs> I guess an acronym would be the correct term. <laughs> What about you, Adrian? Uh, I mean, I just don't want to keep repeating what you're saying because you just said it so well. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm just kind of, I think, okay, so I'm not going to, okay, well, I guess I'm going to say the same thing you said because you said something at the beginning of the podcast and I wrote it down because I liked it so much and it said the, when you said the stuff we love can be used for good and I think that is basically his whole theme for why he's doing what he's doing. Yeah. Uh, and I think you really get it in that last little segment that he that he just did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really don't know which more, how much more we can add. Um... Well, I mean, he can't be mad at us. He thought we were going to Mystery Science Theater himself. Or yeah. 3,000 <laughs> him. <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> that was what he signed off with. <laughs> but, uh... Yeah, no, the common language of video games, I mean, it is what it is today. It's popular. Things are huge. And he mentioned it before, like, the the people who are playing Farmville on their tablets or playing Minecraft on their Xbox or on the computer. How do you go from Farmville to Minecraft? Because it's a video game, Matt. It is a video game. It is is we're Uh, being immersed in technology. And I will never accept Farmville as a video game. I'm sorry. Okay, the people playing COD and Hearthstone and Minecraft and anything like that, it's, it's, it's teaching people how to interact with the world. It's teaching people how to interact with each other. And he said it like they're going to be our future senators and they're going to be our future soldiers. And we kind of need to, charities need to adapt to that. Um, because that, that's where people are moving towards. Nobody wants those cans of yams. <laughs> <laughs> Except for maybe, like, during Thanksgiving and the homeless shelters, because I volunteer there, and they really do need yams, so, like, send those. But your vets, maybe not so much. <laughs> mm. um, <laughs> uh, so I think that is it uh, for our uh, episode one of Missions That Matter. Um you can, f- I will include um, all the links to the Stack Up website um, and those within it. I will make it super easy for you. I will hyperlink everything. That way, if there's, if you want to stream, just go to the stream link. You want to get a stack up and going in your uh, your home base. I'll get a link for that too. You want to touch base with Adrian in El Paso? I'll got, I'll get that. Make it super easy for everybody to get involved. Um, just real quick, you can find you can find Steve on Twitter at Shanghai Six, uh, Shanghai underscore Six, and then you can find StackUp at StackUp.org, um, all spelled out: S T A C K U P D O T O R G. Um, and then they also have a Twitch channel, which I believe is um, Twitch.tv slash StackUp.org. Um, I will, I, I'll include up. it all in the show notes. Um, but their website is stack, uh, stack hyphen up dot, um, dot not spelled out org. 
I'll include all and for the show those notes, of the, guys. those of the people that want to listen to the, actually the whole interview. And you can find the full interview, which we did not include in its entirety just for the sake of time, uh, at our website, uh, butwhythoughpodcast.com. And uh, yeah, as always, uh, rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes. It helps other people find us. And you can find uh, the podcast on Instagram and Twitter at ButWhyThoughPC, as well as twitch.tv slash ButWhyThoughPC. And you can find me at OhMyMythRandier on Instagram and Twitter, as well as my own Twitch channel, um, twitch.tv slash OhMyMythRandier. Matt? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at uh, DatM18, D-A-T-T-M-1-8. I'll also be on the ButWhyThough podcast, just Twitch channel on at least Mondays and Fridays most part and I guess whatever other time I feel like it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a busy schedule. Adrian? You can find me on Twitter at SuperReese93 S-U-P-E-R-R-U-I-Z 93 and if you are interested in you know joining the El Paso stack we'll put uh, my stack up Gmail in the show notes. So official. I know. They got the G Suite and everything. (laughs) (laughs) And as always, guys, have a great day. Bye. Bye bye. Bye.